This is a WRAL News special presentation. Coronavirus. Facts, not fear. Today we learned a Raleigh City employee, a native of Harnett County, died from coronavirus complications just two weeks after becoming sick. The devastating news comes as local leaders take additional efforts to flatten the curve. Good evening and thank you for joining us. I'm Deborah Morgan. And I'm David Crabtree. Today I talked with Governor Roy Cooper asking how far the state was willing to go to keep everyone safe. And I'm Gerald Owens. The community is also stepping in a big way to help those hurting the most. We have plenty to get to tonight on Facts Not Fear. Today, Wake County joined the list of local communities to issue a stay-at-home order. This affects, or rather takes effect at 5 o'clock tomorrow. Similar actions in the cities of Durham and Orange County have already taken place. Now, we are breaking down what these mean in just a few minutes, but we start with Mark Boyle. He's in the Live Center with uh, what the White House has had to say today about the coronavirus. Mark. Gerald, good evening. The White House just wrapped up its COVID-19 task force press conference shortly ago. We've been monitoring it and bringing you live updates throughout the evening. One thing that's important here, we've been talking about facts, not fear. There's a lot going on on social media, a lot of bad headlines that in fact just are not true. And the White House wants information out in terms of hospital bed availability and ventilators. Take a listen to what was just said a short time ago. To make the implication that when they need a hospital bed, it's not going to be there. Or when they need that ventilator, it's not going to be there. We don't have an evidence of that right now. And it's our job collectively to assure the American people that it's our collective job to make sure that doesn't happen. And Durham County just releasing some new numbers about 15 minutes ago. Brand new, nine new Durham County residents have confirmed cases of COVID-19, bringing the total for Durham up to 93, nearly 100 cases in that county. Right now, we have not received the Wake County update. We expect that shortly we'll bring it to you. Back to you. All right, thank you, Mark. The number statewide continues to climb in North Carolina. We are now at 679 cases. Three deaths have been reported in our state, and 50 people are in the hospital. With Wake County officially reaching 100 confirmed cases today, the run on hospitals is one of the reasons leaders issued a stay-at-home alert. We want to look at what this means for you. The basics are allowed. You can go out to buy groceries and medication. Outdoor exercise is allowed as long as you practice social distancing. Essential businesses are allowed to stay open. We have a full list and the key differences in some counties on WRL.com. And while there is no statewide order yet, the governor has not ruled it out. Today, I had a chance to speak with him about coming to this decision and where we stand with testing in North Carolina. The state at this time, you feel, doesn't need a similar type order to get people to do what you're asking them to do. David, we are working on additional guidance, and very soon people will know what that looks like. We're getting input, doing analysis, realizing that when we put a statewide order in place, it's in place for everyone, rural, urban. Mm -hmm. the, counties, the counties do have authority to, to make decisions for themselves, and I understand local leaders uh, wanting to go ahead and move. And uh, North Carolina will be adding additional restrictions, and we'll be letting you know about that soon. Okay, the state uh, you announced yesterday, according to CDC guidelines, scaling back on testing, or, or at least reorganizing what testing is look, uh, going to look like. 
how do we know how bad it is if we don't continue to test the way we have been testing? Uh, that change, David, is only out of necessity. One good thing is that North Carolina, we've already completed over 13,000 uh, 13, tests, which put, puts us in a good position relative to other states. We've collected samples on 15,000 people. Those are awaiting results. However, the federal government, the CDC, has not provided the state, or any other state for that matter, with the supplies necessary to do the testing. And what, that, what, what I mean by that is the supplies to run the test and then the personal protection equipment that the healthcare provider who is running the test needs in order to be able to protect themselves when they're conducting the test. Because of the shortage of testing supplies, and because of the shortage of personal protection equipment, what the CDC and the Department of Health and Human Services is doing is moving the testing more toward, since it's limited, more toward frontline healthcare providers who need to be tested and people who come to the hospital who need to be tested. I want us to test as many people as possible because number one, you can know to isolate them and try to present, prevent the spread of the virus. And number two, you get more of a, a picture of what kind of problem that you have. But because the federal government was unprepared and because those testing supplies are not available along with the personal protection equipment, there's been a shift in the focus where you have to right now having to make choices of putting things where you need it most. And just like with personal protection equipment, we need that with our frontline healthcare providers and we need that for people who do need hospitalization because they've been put in the hospital, they're sick, we need to know whether they are COVID positive or not. The governor was also quick to praise the testing help coming from private companies such as LabCorp. The point he continued to hit on today protecting health care workers. Deb? While flattening the curve, David, is the priority for returning to normal, its impacts on the economy will be felt for quite some time. Sky 5 flew over central North Carolina today to give us all a better idea of just how many people are staying at home. Look at this. This is from Crabtree Valley Mall in Raleigh. The parking lot is empty in the middle of the day. This is devastating for our local businesses. Nationwide, about 3.3 million people applied for unemployment last week, shattering a record set in 1982. WRL is committed to helping these businesses recover, which is why we are here to help. So how's coronavirus affected me personal and business-wise? Well, in both, it's heartbreaking. Letting go all your employees and push them to apply for unemployment it's one of the saddest things ever. And let's not forget that there's a huge part of our industry that does not qualify for those uh, benefits of unemployment. You know, it's, we're an industry that lots of immigrants are part, and that's the part that worries me the most. The advice that I could give someone during this time, it's the same thing that I'm doing. Don't go out spending your money. Don't go out drinking. Don't get high. Don't get, don't lose control. Find yourself a hobby. Keep yourself busy. Volunteer. And then just wait for the worst. 
WRL-TV and our local radio and media partners through our parent company, Capital Broadcasting, are raising money for the North Carolina Restaurant Workers Relief Fund. Thanks to your support, we have raised more than $267,000 as of this past hour. Joining us by FaceTime is Angela Salamanca. She's the owner of Centro in Raleigh. Angela, thank you for being with us today. And for those of, you, of us who aren't familiar with the way staffing works at a restaurant, uh, tell us how many employees are affected by this and talk about the difficult decisions you've had to make. Well, I mean, I think that there's been tens of thousands of uh, restaurant workers and hospitality workers that have been laid off. We had to personally close a restaurant a week and a half ago, and we had to let the majority of our staff go. And everybody's just, you know, having a really hard time. Now, the restaurant workers, I know many of them use the income they earn while working at a restaurant to supplement their family's income. They do other things. They may be going to school. Talk about your employees. What types of people are we talking about? Well, I mean, I think that there's all kinds of different uh, employees. Uh, we have people that have another job. Uh, we have people that are in school. Um, so everybody's facing a different situation, but the reality is that everybody is struggling. And it came, this situation, this pandemic came really, really hard, and it's created a really complicated situation for all of restaurant employees. Uh, talk about the community's response. Have, how have they come out to help you and perhaps your other employees? It's been incredible. Incredible. You know, we have, we've been in business for uh, over 12 years and we've had many, many of our guests reached out and ask how do they can help. Some of the restaurants have been able to stay open and do takeout and curbside. Unfortunately, we couldn't do that. Um, so, you know, I think people are donating to this incredible fund. Uh, that is going to be able to help tens of thousands of, of restaurant workers. And we hope it helps the workers. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Well, I wanted to say that it is important to note that a lot of our restaurant workers are not eligible for unemployment. So this mm -hmm. fund is really going to be uh, very instrumental in helping that kind of population. Well, we hope it helps all of your workers, and we wish you the best of luck, hoping you'll be open as soon as possible. Angela Salamanca, we thank you. We do the same. All right. Now, we have made it easy for you to help from home. Just text the word HELP to the number on your screen to donate. That number is 919-860-1015. You will also find the link on the homepage of WRAL.com. Our Here to Help effort continues next on WRAL. We'll be talking with the head of the state's restaurant association about his involvement in the recovery. There's also federal support. Deborah Morgan will be live with the Small Business Association answering questions about the process. Last Tuesday, uh, you know, we closed dining rooms, but we also had to do the unimaginable thing of um, laying off 250 employees, which is 90 percent of our workforce. That's Ashley Christensen, one of the most recognized restaurant names in Raleigh, North Carolina, and across the country. She was on air just a few hours ago discussing the struggle within the industry. Another well-known name who knows the struggle very well, Steve Tannhauser, board chair of the North Carolina Restaurant and Lodging Association, co-owner of the Angus Barn. Steve, a busy time for you and business owners across the state normally right now. Everyone trying to stay afloat. This day is so important to 18,000 restaurants in the state. 
It is, my friend. And I, first of all, I can't thank you guys enough. I've seen you all day just going at it. And I will tell you, you are just, you are angels on this planet. You are helping the helpers. You are helping the ones who are just so pleased to serve everybody from our dishwashers to our waiters, to our waitresses, to our bartenders, you name it. They're the ones that last Tuesday, the lights went out all of a sudden, and that was it. And uh, they are so in need. And what you guys are doing, I just can't thank you enough. Well, it's only been nine days. It seems like a lot longer. Uh, walk it us does. through what it's like a day at the Angus Barn right now. Well, it's it's pretty quiet, I will tell you. Um, you know, I have been blessed, as my wife Van has, to have one of the greatest staffs, as so many of these restaurateurs can tell you, on the planet. They care. They, they will do anything for us. And we are still open with some curbside service. Uh, we are also taking our beautiful, you know, certified Angus beet, beef and aging it and cutting it to perfection and cryovacking it so people can take it home on their grill. But my friend, it is very quiet and slow. But even with that, just to be able to do that for our guests, to be, up, to be able to pull up under our valet and us walk their bag out and put some of our Angus Barn goodies and a chocolate chest pie in their car means the world to our staff. And it means the world to us. I know it does. And you're fortunate you can do that. You know those statewide, Steve. There's so many workers, as we just heard from uh, a, 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 another restaurant owner here in the area. That is not the case for so many of the half million people who work in this industry. It is not, my friend. Over 18,000 restaurants in our state, over 500,000 employees. But you know what? We're going to come back. It, we have to be safe right now, and all of the restaurateurs in our community understand that. And we are making sure, even if they're doing it curbside, they're doing it safely. They're making sure they're bringing out hot, delicious, safely cooked food to, to all of our community. And uh, you know what? It's going to come back, and especially with what you guys are doing, we just have to be patient and, and wait for the time that everybody can turn the lights back on and get back out there. All right, patience is the key word, and let's hope everybody can hang on. Steve Tannhauser with the North Carolina Restaurant Lodging Association. Thanks to you and our best event. Thank you, guys. And once again, David, thank you guys to everybody. What you guys are doing, and we're going to be able to get enough money that we can put $500 in all these workers' hands mm. within five days. That is a big task, but you guys are just helping so much with the heavy lifting. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You got it. We'll do whatever we can. Steve, thank you. And WREL is here to help with local businesses throughout the evening. We have more information on how you can donate and a running list of the restaurants still serving in the area. All of that is on our website. Yeah, those restaurant workers can't work from home, so let's all help. One of the many items we are keeping an eye on, on in the WREL Live Center throughout our coronavirus coverage has been this curve. You are looking at the Johns Hopkins University interactive graph of the cases in the U.S. 
And here's something no one wants to hear. Today, the U.S. surpassed China for the number of cases eclipsing 82,000. The U.S. now number one in the world in that category. The epicenter of those cases in the U.S. is New York City, home to Broadway, where musicals and theaters are silent tonight. One of the performers is a Durham native and one of the many cast members who tested positive for COVID-19. SWRO's Brian Mims tells us stepping out of the limelight can be a strange experience. <sighs> when Laurel Harris sits down at the computer in her New York City apartment, it's her only connection to the outside world. Um... Well, it's very different. Miss Harris grew up in the Triangle area. She now acts on the Broadway stage, or rather, she used to act on the Broadway stage until that worrisome virus crashed the scene. Well, the governor decided, and then the theaters followed through, that um, Thursday, March 12th, would be the day beginning where we didn't have shows. So we all kind of showed up at the theater to get our belongings and... We said our goodbyes, and we said see you on FaceTime. But Broadway is a tight community, and before long, she and her friends began feeling ill. I would say the first two days were the hardest of the illness because that's when I had a pretty consistent fever. She went in for testing, COVID-19 confirmed. That was about a week and a half ago. There are so many unknowns still, and um, we're all just kind of experiencing this as it goes. So I was scared of the unknown, and I was hoping that it didn't get worse. The outgoing actress is now confined to her home with her actor husband, Rob Marnell. He's diagnosed with the virus as well. And he had recently run a half marathon. Clearly, the virus doesn't discriminate. We're both in our mid-30s. We're very active. And, you know, it just goes to show you that we're lucky because it didn't get worse for us. Now the couple looks forward to the day they can leave their apartment and use this experience to help others falling sick. I'm excited to once we both feel comfortable and have zero symptoms um, after quarantining ourselves. I'm really excited about getting out and helping our neighbors, helping the homeless community out here. Because Laurel Harris knows as an actress, the show, especially a show of kindness, must go on. Brian Mims, WRAL News, Raleigh. North Carolina was among the first states to receive support for small business loans from the federal government. Here to walk us through the process is Courtney Smith with the Small Business Administration. She's joining us via FaceTime. I know this is certainly a busy time for you, so thank you so much for joining us. Please walk us through the process for people who have not been through this before. Okay, I can definitely do that. So if you are a small business owner or a private nonprofit in the state of North Carolina, of course, that entire state has received a disaster declaration. So if your business has been economically impacted by the coronavirus, if you're not able to function as it did pre-disaster state, this idle loan is exactly for you. Um, if you've never applied before, you can apply two different ways. Um, you can visit our website at sba.gov forward slash disaster. Download the application, submit it online. Or if you're not as computer savvy and you prefer a paper application, you can actually call our 1-800 number at 1-800-659-2955. Request the paper application. It will be mailed to you. Interest rates, 3.75% for businesses, 2.75% for nonprofits, and repayment terms up to 30 years. We will have all of those numbers and links on mm -hmm. WREL.com because that's a lot Perfect. for people just to try to remember yeah, right now. So we will is. have all of that. So, you know, North Carolina is no stranger to disasters. We've mm -hmm. been through hurricanes. 
We've had businesses who have had to apply for these loans before. So if people have received a small business loan before in the past for some of those other disasters, can they still qualify now? Yes, the answer to that is yes. If you have a previous loan from SBA, that was for a totally different disaster, whether it was a hurricane or a tornado or flooding. This is the coronavirus disaster. So they are eligible. And not only are they eligible, if you have an existing SBA loan, that loan will automatically be deferred. You don't even have to apply for the deferment. It's automatically deferred through the end of December 2020. And then for the loan that you are going to apply for for the coronavirus error, as a result of the coronavirus, there is an 11th month deferment. So your first payment is not even due until the 12th month. Oh, that is, that is good to know. What a mm -hmm. relief for some people who need it yes. so much right now. Mm -hmm. Thank you again for joining us. Again, You're we'll so have up. much more on WRL.com. Thank you. Have a good Thank night. You. you too. WRL is committed to covering facts, not fear, as we battle this pandemic together. Tomorrow night, we're taking your questions to our local leaders. Mayors from Raleigh, Durham, and Chapel Hill will join us for a virtual town hall. Be sure to post or record your questions to our WRL Facebook page. Again, that's here tomorrow night, beginning at 7 o'clock. For tonight, our next newscast is at 10 on Fox 50 and 11 here on WRL. Thanks for joining us. You know what you have to do to keep yourself safe. We hope you'll do so. Have a great night. Good night.